Welcome back to Resolved. We all encounter difficult issues at times, life can get tough, and it may seem impossible. But no matter what and through it all, Jesus Christ is the answer. And through Him, we can rise up and be more than conquerors. Today's message is about sin. Sin is dangerous. Sin is all around us. Are we practicing sin and don't know it? Learn that more about sin. That's coming up next on Resolved. Now let's join Pastor Tom Porter. Heavenly Father, we have a problem. Sin. And thank you, Heavenly Father, for loving us so much to give us your only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish for all eternity in a lake of fire because of our sins, but shall live for all eternity. And for that, Father, I'm grateful. I pray that we're all grateful for that, that no Christ is their Savior. Perhaps, Father, there's somebody here today that's been battling with sin in their life. They're burdened down with their sin. God, help them to see today that there is salvation in Jesus Christ. They don't have to drown in their sins. They don't have to be eternally separated from God Almighty because of their sins, because you did love us so much. You do love us, and you are loving us. So help us to take it very seriously, this thing called sin, in a world where it's been pushed out of vocabulary, it's been pushed out of our lives, it's been pushed out of history, it's been pushed out of society, it's been pushed aside. Thank you for those that are visiting with us today. We pray that they'll sense a, the power of God here in this service. We pray that they'll sense a friendliness in this service. We pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to their heart, whatever their needs might be. And that, God, we would be responsive to that call, the Holy Spirit, that still, small voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 3, if you will. Romans chapter 3. Verse 10, I think Paul really sums it up here in this, in this passage of Romans chapter 3 as he's teaching of the Old Testament and dealing with the sin, the subject matter of the, the, the nature of man. And here in this one verse in Romans 3.10, it says, As it is written, Back in the Old Testament, as it is written, Paul writes, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now, he's talking about everybody. He's talking about everybody that's ever lived. There's none righteous, no, not one. Barna Research Group out of California did a survey several years ago about the opinions of the Americans today, uh, and, and, and it demonstrates, this statistic demonstrates that, that there's a tremendous shift has taken place in the thinking of Americans on basic religious issues. It states that 87% of Americans today believe the myth that man is basically good. But that witch's brew flies right into the face of God's Word. It's made up part of secular humanism. It's made up of part of, 
of New Age theology and some remnants of biblical teaching. So 85% of Americans now believe that man is basically good. That to me is astonishing because it's not what the Bible says. It's not what truth says. Dr. Carl Minniger wrote a book entitled Whatever Became of Sin, and he said the word sin was a good, strong word, and we all knew what it meant, but today it seems we never hear the word mentioned. He goes on and says that in one of President Eisenhower's proclamations, he made a reference to sin when quoting Abraham Lincoln, who said we should repent of our sins and turn to the Almighty God. Can you imagine our president today saying that? I wish our president today would say that. Instead, he uplifts the gay lifestyle and and promotes government funding of abortions. And strange thing, he also says that he admires Abraham Lincoln. Well, he just picks and chooses, doesn't he? But after that speech that Eisenhower made and mentioning uh, that our President Lincoln said we ought to turn to an almighty God to ask forgiveness of our sins, Eisenhower never mentioned the word S-I-N again publicly as the President of the United States. Nor did the succeeding three presidents mention the name sin. So Minniger goes on to say, so as a nation, we officially ceased sinning Many years ago, is sin now the unmentionable word? You never hear the word sin mentioned on TV or in the movies, but you see a lot of sin on TV. You see a lot of sin in movies. There was a day when things were either right or wrong. There's nothing. I tell you, man, when I was a kid for a quarter, and you could go to the movie theaters and watch Roy Rogers. And what color hat did Roy Rogers have? He had a white hat. And what color did the bad guys' hats? It was black. Everything was black and white. You, you just, and the movie was black and white too, by the way. But it was, you, you knew who the good guys were. You knew who the bad guys were. And the good guys always won out because they stood for righteousness. They stood for what's good and moral. Now today... It's the black hatters, they're the cool guys. They've done the time. It's those guys are being lifted up. It's a shame. We've gone to a complete reversal. We have developed a broad range of alternatives to right and wrong. For example, right and dumb. Well, you know, I, I can't believe I, I can't believe that happened. Boy, sure, I sure was dumb to do that. No, you were a sinner to do that. And we're all sinners. I'm not pointing out anybody in particular. We're all sinners. And I hope you see that. As your pastor, as I I pray and as I think about, well, maybe, why aren't people getting saved? Well, maybe they just don't understand what do they need to be saved from. You go out here to the beach and you get into an undertow or something and it's not long, you're going to be hollering help. Why? Because you're drowning in the water. And I hope today that you you could see that you're drowning in your sins. You need someone to save you. We don't talk about that fact that, that something is wrong or that something is sinful, but we say, well, it's just dumb. You dummy. 
Most of you in this room are old enough to remember the famous basketball player, Magic Johnson. No doubt he was a ballet dancer in basketball shoes. He dropped balls and baskets like some of us dropped donuts in a cup of coffee with great ease. But when he announced to the world that he contracted AIDS, he did not say that he had sinned, but that he was just dumb. He said he should have practiced safe sex. And I was troubled when one commentator said, young people, keep your eyes on Magic Johnson. Listen to what he says. What did Magic Johnson say? Practice safe sex. Not avoid sin, not flee from fornication, not free, uh, flee from Im- immorality. It seems today that we're not concerned whether something is sinful or wrong or immoral. We're not concerned about that anymore. The only thing we're concerned about, well, is it safe? And we want to have safe sex so that we don't have those unpleasant consequences. We want to have safe abortions. We don't want to talk about the fact that abortion is murder. We just want to have it safe and neat and clinical. Let me tell you how far we've gone. Just this year in Pennsylvania, we have an abortionist by the name of Dr. Kermit Gosnell. He was accused of reusing unsanitary instruments. This is 2013. Performing procedures in filthy rooms, including some in which litter boxes and animals allegedly were present at the time, and allowing unlicensed employees, including a teenager in high school, to perform operations and administer anesthesia. Gosnell was cutting the spinal cords of full-term babies. He's now serving life in prison. We want... We, we want now to have safe suicides. If you do it yourself, it could be awful messy. I had a cousin. Her husband took a shotgun and put it to his chin and pulled the trigger. Blew away half his face. Terrible scene. But he lived. Now he lives with that. Every time he looks in the mirror with one eye. Half his face gone, literally gone. Incredible. See, so what do we do? We have now, we have doctors that will, that will administer uh, uh, the shot, that will take care, that doctor-assisted suicides, and that's coming. It's already here. Nobody asks if suicide's a sin. Nobody asks if it's murder. We just want it safe. Seems that we have lost the concept of right and wrong, of sin and of righteousness, and so things are right and dumb. We also hear today that someone is not a sinner, but that he or she is just, well, they're just sick. They're just sick. Some men plant a bomb, Boston Marathon, and detonate it. Well, there's just something wrong with them. They're, they're, They're sick. They're sick. Is man really basically good? is my question this morning. It is to the word of God, to the testimonies of the Lord that we should turn to. And it's interesting, I think, that the greatest of saints down through the centuries all have acknowledged their sinfulness. The closer we get to the light, the more clearly we see our uncleanliness. We see our filthiness in our sins. The light shows the flaws. So it is with Job, who could say in Job 42, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. 
And then he goes on to say, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Or Isaiah, I am a man of unclean lips. Or the Apostle Paul, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You see, the lost, the unregenerated, they live in darkness, and so they they don't see their sins. They don't see their, their uncleanliness. Listen carefully. Sin is the only thing I know of that the longer you practice it, the less you are able to recognize it. Did you get that? Sin is the only thing I know that the longer you practice it, the less you are able to recognize it. So the people most immersed in sin are the people most vocal in their denial that they are sinners. I'm not a sinner. I'm just dumb. But what does the Word of God say about the goodness of mankind? The Bible says the heart of the sons of men is full of evil. The Bible says, but we are all as unclean thing and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Bible says, for I I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. The Bible says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. When some people read these verses, especially the unsaved sinner, they will say that the Bible is so negative. They'll say we need something lighter and more cheery than that to have to chew on. Let God be true and every man a liar, the Bible says. So just what did Jesus declare about the goodness of mankind? Jesus, the words of Jesus here, he says, ye serpents, you snakes, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? In Matthew 25, he says, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, heaven was prepared for the devil and his angels. It doesn't say for man. But those that, the unpardonable sin, the one unpardonable sin. People ask me all the time, what's the, being cremated, that's the most unpardonable sin. No, there's nothing wrong with being cremated. Um, uh, Committing suicide, brother Porter, that would be the that would be the that's the unpardonable sin. Now, I mean, nobody's going to go to heaven's ever committed suicide. Oh, really? That's not the unpardonable sin. The unpardonable sin is rejecting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the unpardonable sin. This is the same Christ who said, this cup is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for their remissions of their basic goodness. Wrong. For the remission or the forgiveness of their sin. Jesus poured out. You talk about love. He he willingly went to the cross. He willingly went to the cross. He willingly went through the the agony of the cross, and he willingly died. They did not kill him. He willingly died for your sins and my sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. There's no forgiveness of sin. The Scripture teaches that man is not basically good. 
Christ taught that man is not basically good. History confirms that man is not definitely good, or not, uh, uh, not basically good. Anthropologists tell us, this is, uh, this is something, one-third of everybody that's ever been born in the world has died at the hands of another man or woman. The human, humankind has killed off one-third of everybody that's ever been born. But we saw that real quick when Adam, Adam and Eve with Cain and Abel. It didn't take long after rebelling against God to see what sin can do. Common sense confirms the fact that no man is not basically good. Not only does history attest it and the Bible declares it, Christ affirms it, but even common sense ought to be enough to demonstrate it to you. You don't need to be a historian. All you need is the front page of your local newspaper. Why, if a man is basically good, did Jeffrey Dahmer and Milwaukee kill, dismember, and even eat parts of 17 victims in his house? Why, if man is basically good, would two, two youths make a video showing themselves on YouTube with a room full of stolen goods bragging, we're high school dropouts and we steal for a living? Why, if man is basically good, would an intelligent graduate student, envious of an academic honor bestowed to a friend, take a gun, shoot his friend along with four others, and then shoot himself. Why, if man is basically good, were over 10 people murdered this past year in convenience stores in this state? Why, if man is basically good, did a woman leave her months-old baby in a garbage can? Why, if man is basically good, is there a growing demand for home alarm systems? Why, if man is basically good, did two brothers set aside and detonate bombs in the Boston Marathon, this killing, maiming, innocent people? Why, if man is basically good, did Ariel Castro, 53, imprison three women in his house, rape them repeatedly for a decade? Castro said, quote, these people are trying to print me, uh, paint me as a monster. I'm not a monster. I'm sick. No, he's a sinner. And so are you, and so am I. The difference is, when we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, glory to God, when we trust Christ as our Savior, our sins are forgiven. What sins? I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. I am so thankful for that. I am not going to die and go to hell. Why? Because I've trusted Christ as my Savior. And you don't have to die and go to hell because Jesus died for you as well. He loved the whole world. Well, some say, oh, it's society. Why not blame our problems on society? Chuck Colson said, I quote, in recent decades, popular political social beliefs have all but erased the reality of personal sin from our national consciousness. How true that is. We're told that evil does not lie in us, but it lies in society. That's the problem. It's society. So what's the answer? It is by the changing of the heart that we have hope. I love, back at Calvary Baptist Church in California, there was a San Diego, Dr. S.M. Lockridge. I had the privilege of hearing him preach at Tennessee Temple years ago. He died, I think it was in, uh, in, in 1990 when he passed. What a preacher. And I listen to what he said. He said, if I was walking down a dark alley 
in the slums of New York City and I heard somebody, their footsteps coming close behind me, he said, I would not think, I wonder what color their skin is. I would think, I wonder what the condition of their heart is. That's the problem. It's not a skin problem. It's a sin problem. It's a heart problem. It is out of the heart that the evil of this world comes. It is only by the changing of the heart that we have any hope. Thank God we have the the redemption of sin in Jesus Christ, whom God has set forth to be our substitute, to take away the sin. John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. God so loved me. God so loved you. God is willing to take all your sin and place it upon his son, Jesus Christ. God was willing to punish that sin, uh, not upon us in hell as we deserve, but upon his own beloved son, upon that old rugged cross. But if we deny that we are sinful, if we deny that we have this iniquity in us, then we cut ourselves off from the redemption of, of Jesus Christ. That's the unpardonable sin. Saying to God Almighty, you know what? I am, I've got my own right. I'm a good person. Don't tell me I'm a sinner. I'm a good person. Well, I gave $25 to the church last year. I'm a good person. Now, that was a joke, folks. Okay, some of you are going, whoo, good, man. I, I gave more than that. That's good, you know. Jesus Christ came to save that which was lost in their sins. He came to save sinners. Jesus said, I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners unto repentance. If we deny that we are sinners, then we end up exactly like the man and whom Christ talked about in a, in a, in a, in a parable of the wedding feast in Matthew chapter 22. When the king came in, He looked at all the guests at the wedding feast, all clothed in white robes that the king issued out to everybody. The white robes represented the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And all those who trust in him are clothed in the white robe of his perfect righteousness. But there was a man there in that parable who believed himself to be basically good, all dressed up in his own righteousness. And as the king says to him, friend, how, how come you're, you're here, but you're not wearing uh, the, the wedding garment that I issued out? The man looked down and saw himself for the first time in all his vileness and uncleanliness and sinful filth. He saw all his sins long ago repressed and forgotten and denied. See, that's the thing. We, re, we, we deny our sins. We justify our sins. We repress our sins. The man was speechless. Then said the king to his servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. You're here this morning without Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have a fatal disease, more fatal than AIDS. You have the disease of sin. It will most surely kill you everlastingly and cast you into hell. But there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stuff. 
Why not, why not be cleansed of that sin today? Why not be made perfectly whole? Why not be whiter than snow? Why not have all your sins buried in the depths of the sea? Why not come to the foot of the cross of Jesus? Why not humble your hearts, bend your knees, ask the living Savior to, be, to, to come and to take your sins away? For whosoever shall call upon the name of, this, of the Lord shall be saved. Not maybe, but shall be saved. That word shall denotes finality, assuredly. My sister worked for a, an architecture. She was the executive secretary for an architectural firm in St. Petersburg, Florida. And her boss said, I want you to, we, from now on, he said, any current, any current contracts we have out there, we're going to rewrite them. And we're going to take the word will out. We will finish by July 4th, 1962, whatever. The shall. The shall. Because he said that, in a legal sense, that is more powerful than using the word, we will do something. Anybody can say, we will do something. We shall do it. God said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Tom Porter of Temple Baptist Church in Titusville, Florida. I would like to thank you for joining me in this podcast and bringing the good news that Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. There is no problem too big and no blessing too small when Jesus is the Lord of our lives. I would like to ask you a question. When you die, where will you spend eternity? Will you spend it with Jesus forever or be eternally separated from him? You know, the Bible says, whosoever calleth upon the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved from their sins. You know, it's God's desire for you to have faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Your sins have separated you from God. You must admit to God that you're a sinner and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Jesus bridges that gap between you on this earth and heaven. Will you accept Jesus as your personal savior today? It's easier than you think. You can pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I realize that you paid the penalty for my sins on the cross, and I want to receive you into my life right now. Save me from my sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me, then you've been born into the family of God. Thanks for listening. Resolved is a production of Temple Baptist Church, Titusville, Florida, USA. For notes on this message and others, you can find them at resolved.podbean.com. If you wish to send us a question or comment, you can email us at resolved.tbc at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at Resolved Podcast. If you're ever in our area, we hope that you'll come by and see us. Remember, Jesus is Lord. Take care and God bless you.